everybody. Uh, so I'm Larry, alcoholic. Um, let's see, I've been sober for uh, two years and 11 months. My sobriety birthday is July 18th of uh, 2019. And uh, yeah, I got sober in uh, Alameda, which is right by Oakland there in the Bay Area. Um, so, so yeah, um, man, it's been a long time since I've done a zoom meeting. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of different. Um, so, so bear with me. I'm also in a weird mood cause I got a call pretty late for this one. So I'm not all prepped for it. I'm just going to just give you the miracles in my life today. So, so what it was like for me here, let me give you the, I'll just give you a brief example of what it was like for me. So there was a period where see i smoke right so so that's and i still smoke and i and 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 i'm i'm going to quit but i'll quit when i'm ready to quit but the point is it was winter i got a cough i was upset that i had a cough but i didn't want to quit smoking so this is when i was still drinking so so what i did was um i got on the you know the the dark net and i ordered up some opiates uh and i started getting heavy into opiates to kill my cough. But the problem then that I had was I had trouble concentrating at my work because I was, you know, I'm a programmer. So then I got back on the dark net and I ordered up some speed. Uh, and so I was taking that and it was keeping me up. Now I could take my opiates and my speed, but the problem then was I was getting really skinny. So I got back on the dark net and I ordered up steroids. So the next thing you know, I'm doing speed, opiates, and steroids, and drinking, of course, the whole time. But my point is, that's how I think. I got to fix it with a substance. I got to reach out and fix my situation with an with a external substance. That's just the way I think about everything. I'm going to fix it, right? So that's the kind of alcoholic I am. That's the kind of person that, that I that I was, it's kind of the, the situation I constrained myself to, um, in my, in my, uh, addiction. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, what happened was I just, it was interesting because I've been through a lot of scrapes, you know, uh, horrible accidents, brain damage, just awful, awful losing marriages over, over drinking, substance abuse, overwork, whatever it is. I've just done like it's been a horrible, but none of it really bothered me enough to ever give a shit to quit. You know, what happened was I was sitting outside at three in the morning drinking uh, my way through a bottle of scotch as usual. And I was thinking, I just don't think I can do it anymore. Like I was so depressed and demoralized um, at the situation I was in, just despondent over my relationships. Um my view of myself, like as a complete failure and unable to like achieve things, just always resorting back to the bottle, you know, not accomplishing anything useful, not being there for my family. I just felt like a complete failure. I just felt like I can't do it anymore. And I was seriously considering ending it, but not like going and doing it. But it was the first time I had stopped and said, what the fuck am I here for? Like it, I was really, it bothered the shit out of me guys. I may not sound like a big deal to you to some people it might, but for me, it was like, I just had, I had to change the way I was operating or else I didn't want to be here. It's that simple. I didn't want to be here anymore. If it was going to be like that. Um, 
So I came into the rooms and started doing the program like at anybody else. Today, my life is very different. The way it's different is um, like as an example, today, what I wanted to do was not go into my room and drink. Today, what I wanted to do was go out and throw a football with my kids. Today, what I wanted to do was not, um, you know, get on the dark net and order up some math. Today, what I wanted to do uh, was go outside and mow the lawn and talk to the neighbor who was mowing the lawn. Like, ridiculous, everyday, boring fucking shit. And it's not that I want to do it for its sake. It's because I like talking to the neighbor, for example. I give a shit about other people who aren't inside my head. That's new for me. Like before, it would be, there were relationships, but it was all kind of on my way to getting rich and famous, or at the very least, rich and infamous, or else as a way to look better or feel better about myself. You know, oh, I'm a great person. I'm a great neighbor because I did X for the neighbor. I'm a great father because I did X today. Like I have this thing I can wear now, and I don't have to think about the fact that I never spend time to know who my kids are. That's the kind of life I was living. Today, I just want to know people. I want to help people. Like it occurs to me by itself without me sitting there thinking how I'm going to angle, come up with an angle or what I should be doing or how I'm supposed to look or what I'm supposed to accomplish. It's funny because one of the things that was so depressing to me when I quit drinking was the fact that I was unable to accomplish things. But what I found now is the things I want to accomplish are no longer the same. And that's been transformative for me. Um, but if you'd explain that to me back then, I wouldn't have understood it. It would be like, yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever you say, just make it stop, right? So like everyone has a journey they're going to walk and it's going to be based on where they're at. You know, your journey will never be mine and mine will never be yours. But hopefully I can give you the, um, the courage to believe that there can be something greater for you, that you will find what you need, if you let yourself come out of that, being driven by the urges of chemicals and addiction, come out of it and, and just let yourself develop into who you are. Um, it's a beautiful experience for me today. Um, I get this call and I'm like, I'm out doing shit, you know, <clears throat> Father's Day weekend. I'm like, oh, I get to go see so-and-so. I'm just going to, kids, I'll be back. I run in the room. I jump on the fucking bed and I'm like, hey, everybody. Because it's fun. It's not because I'm like, oh, I better show up or, you know, I'm going to look stupid or, you know, what will the people at the old meeting think or, or my kids better not find out what I'm doing or like, they know, you know, everybody knows like there's no, I don't feel ashamed anymore about issues I've had in my life. Like, as an example, like I've, I've come to feel that shame is kind of like the same as pride in the sense that they're both predicated on the assumption that I am capable of perfection. So I just accept that I'm not, and that's okay. I don't have to be ashamed. Just like I don't have to be proud of something I've done. I can just be me. So I, I, maybe this is all making no sense. Maybe it's making a lot of sense to some of you, I hope. Um, anyway, the miracles are here if you keep coming back. That's what I found. Uh, and... Uh, and, uh, you know, God bless you all. And thank, thanks for listening to me babble on for a while. Hey, my name is Kim. I'm an alcoholic addict. Um, so I'm going to start off with the set aside prayer before I start speaking. 
So God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself, my usefulness, my bro- my brokenness, my spiritual path, and you for an open mind and new experience and myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and especially you. Okay. So my sobriety date is July 19th, 2014. Um, what it was like. Um, I started drinking and doing drugs um, in 2008 with my son's dad. And um, hold on, go in my room. And um, so I became pregnant in 2012 with my son, who is now nine years old. Um, and I had friends that had DHS cases that used to drink and use during their pregnancy. And I would always tell myself and tell everybody else, I'm not going to be like one of them. I'm not going to have a kid that is addicted to drugs or alcohol, and I'm not going to have a DHS case. Well, unbeknownst to me, I did. I was like one of them. I am like one of them. Um, so I had my, I went into preterm labor August 24th of 2012, and I ended up in the hospital for six weeks. Um, I talked them out, I talked them into letting me go early so I can go out there and be with my son's dad. And, um, so I ended up getting released early from the hospital. And a week later, I ended up back in the hospital in labor with my son at 32 weeks. He was three and a half pounds when he was born. He had a bad infection. They didn't know if he was going to make it overnight or not. Um, so it was a touch and go for two months that he was in the hospital. They, um, that is when DHS showed up to my hospital room and told me I have two choices. I can either keep doing what I'm doing and my son's going to go to foster care and I probably will never see him again. Or I can go into treatment and have my son home with me or have my son with me when he gets released from the hospital. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go into treatment and I'll just, you know, I'm doing it for him. So I'll go into treatment. I'll get him back and everything will be good. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, I wasn't ready. So I ended up not going into treatment and I ended up, I ended up not going into treatment and I ended up um, just flaking off and um, still using, still drinking, still an abusive relationship with my son's dad. And I ended up just, you know, not giving a crap about anybody but myself. And, um, Timothy, I'm not talking about you, Bob. Anyways, and um, sorry. (laughs) That's my nine-year-old. Anyways, so anyways, um, so what happened was I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And in 2014, I finally called my DHS worker and I said, I'm done. I'm ready. I want this. I want to do it for myself. Um, And at that time, when I walked into treatment, I still was only doing it for him. He was placed up for adoption a week after I walked in and I wanted to walk out and I didn't. I stayed. Thank God I stayed because um, I graduated there. I, I got to work on myself. I got to learn a lot of things about myself. I got to figure out that, um, you know, this recovery thing, you need to do it for yourself. Your kids won't keep you clean and sober. So um, 
I did it for myself and DHS was really proud of me. I'm so glad he was spaced up for adoption because it was so easy for me to get him back. I got weekly visits and it was so amazing. Um, so they helped me get an apartment after I graduated. Um, I got an apartment. My mom came and finally lived with me again. I, I can't believe my mom would even trust me after what I did to her when I was in my addiction and alcoholism. Um, I stole from her thousands of dollars when she was homeless in the in a, a shelter, and she forgave me on that. And um, you know, it's amazing. I had my mom living with me. I had my son finally living with me. And I got him home, got the plan, turned back to reunification, returned to parent. Um, and I just did what I needed to do. I got a sponsor. I did what was suggested. I got a home group. I got a sponsor. I, you know, worked the steps. I reached out and asked for help. I got a support system. I, you know, I did everything that was suggested of me to do. And DHS was really proud of me. And, um, so fast forward a little bit, um, I ended up letting um, my son's dad and my son get a relationship together, um, and that was not a good thing at that time because um, he made unsafe choices. I had to call the cops and have the restraining, put a, restraining order put on him, uh, so then he lost his visits. And then he got supervised visits. And then um, then it went to regular no supervised visits. And he was getting them every other weekend. Well, I was at my sponsor's house uh, one weekend. And thank God I was clean and sober at that time because um, I got a call from my son's ex-foster parents saying, go get your son. He's in an unsafe situation with his dad. And... Um, my sponsor and I jumped in her car and we left and went and got my son. Um, originally, I was just going to go by myself, but thank God I didn't because if he was there, I don't know what would have happened. I really don't because you just put my son in an unsafe situation that's not okay with me. Um, you know, I don't do that anymore and I don't expect you to do that to him. And so I took him out of that situation and he hasn't seen his dad since. Um, so a lot of things have been happening. Um, so I know, Bubba, hold on. Just watch TV, babe. Anyway, so, um, a lot of things have happened. Um, my son's getting older. He's going to school. He's doing pretty good in school. He's going to summer school, going to summer camp this year for the first time, which he's really, really excited about. Um, and also, um, in December, um, the beginning of December, my mom was given two to six months left to live because she had end-stage emphysema. And um, two weeks later, she went downhill. And that was really, really hard for all of us. Um, my mom was always there for me, no matter what. She never gave up on me. She had faith that I can get clean and sober. And, um, you know, she was my little sidekick. And um, she was my best friend. And so um, 
that night, Christmas night, um, she was placed on hospice. Christmas night, um, hospice had to come out and give her some medicine because she wasn't going too good. And a couple hours later, I ended up calling my sponsor on uh, Messenger FaceTime. And she told me, I don't think your mom's going to make it any much longer. And uh, the next morning, we woke up. My mom had passed away. Her one, her one wish that she got was to watch my son open his Christmas presents and have it snow. And she got those wishes, which was amazing. I'm really proud of it. Um, I was being really selfish. I really wanted her home. I really wanted her here. But if she was here, she'd be suffering. And I know that. And that's selfish of me. And I know that she's here in spirit. She's my guardian angel watching over me. Um, so me and my sponsor had talked before my mom had gotten really sick and passed away. Um, I was worried about using after my mom passed away because I wouldn't want to feel the feelings of grief and loss. But I didn't have to worry about that. My sponsor and everybody was with me. They were um, in close contact with me at all times. And I was able to pick up the phone and call and ask for help if I was struggling. And um, I did this step study not that long ago. I did this step study that um, was a spiritual awakening step study. And it changed my life so good. It got me closer to my higher power. And I'm doing it again with my sponsor. And it's just so amazing. I'm able to open up more. And I'm able to be truthful and honest. When things are bugging me, I'm able to be, instead of saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm able to say, oh, yeah, this is what's bugging me. Or, you know, you really irritated me because you said this and I took it this way. You know, um, a while back, I'm going to give you guys all a suggestion. You can take it or leave it, whatever you want to do. But a while back, me and my sponsor, I didn't like what she had to say to me. She was talking to me about something and I didn't like the way that she was talking to me. Or what she was saying. And I didn't want to hear it at that time. Because I knew it was true. And so I hung up on her. I don't suggest ever hanging up on your sponsor. That was the most horrible thing I could have ever done. Because that after that, I was trying to call her back. She had fallen asleep. After I calmed down, I was trying to call her back. And she wasn't answering her phone. And I was texting her. She wasn't answering. I was freaking out. I was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, she's never going to want to be my sponsor ever again. She's mad at me. She's ignoring my calls and this and that. Finally, she wakes up like a dozen calls and this text messages. And then she calls me and says, you the fall. It's fine. You know? And I was like, oh my God, I was freaking out for nothing. You know? And it's things like that that I can actually laugh about, you know? Because I didn't have to make an amends. Besides saying, sorry, I hung up on you because you made me mad. But I didn't say anything like, oh, I didn't say anything that would have made me have to make an actual mentor. So that I kept my side with street clean except hanging up on her. That was the only thing. Um, so a couple months ago, I decided to do a big girl thing. I decided to put my big girl panties on and my big girl pants on. And apply for a job that I've been wanting to work at. And it is the treatment center that I graduated from. And I was nervous. 
that they weren't going to hire me. I knew the boss. I knew everybody that worked there. And I was really, really nervous. And I get a message two days later that says, come in for an interview. So I went in for an interview. And then she's like, oh, we'll message you in a couple of days and let you know. But we'll need to do a background check on you. And I'm like, oh, that's no problem. I can pass a background check. No problem. That's fine. So then I get a day later, I get a message saying, when can you come in for your orientation? Because you have the job. And this is when you start. I've been working there for almost three months now. Yeah, almost four months now I've been working there. And it's amazing. I work at the treatment center that I graduated from that helped me help give me my life back, that helped get me my son back. And I help other women that are struggling, that are coming into this program, that are new and broken and beaten up and don't know what to do. And I help give them hope. And I help show them that recovery is possible if you want it. But you have to want it and you have to do the footwork because it ain't going to happen on, on its own. You know, um, and I let them know that I'm always there for them. Uh, they can come up and talk to me anytime. Um, so it's been amazing. I love my job. I work graveyard. So um, I put my son to sleep. And I leave to work a couple hours later, and then I'm home before he wakes up. And so it works out pretty good. My sister watches my son. So, um, yeah, my sister is living with me with my brother-in-law now that my mom had passed away, which is good because I, I can't live by myself right now. And I know that. And um, I would never put myself in that predicament, knowing that situation. Um also, I have, I have an amazing, wonderful, oh my gosh, an amazing, amazing sponsor that has always been there for me and my family. Um, five years ago, in 2017, I fell in my kitchen, passed out, and broke my neck. And because of my sponsor and my support system, they got my son to his caregiver and they got my mom to Portland to be with me while I was having emergency neck surgery. And they did a meal train and I had people bringing us dinners for like two or three weeks, every night of the week. And that was just amazing. And that's what this program does. If you open your mouth, you get a good support system and you have a good sponsor and you work the steps and you're struggling, you open your mouth and you say something, then you get help your support system comes together. They brought in meetings to my house, even though I didn't want them. I wanted to go out to a meeting and I'm pretty sure my surgeon was getting tired of me calling every day. Can I go on the bus to a meeting now? No. Can I go on the bus to a meeting now? I said, no, not for six weeks. So they ended up bringing in a meeting and it was amazing. And I'm so glad that they did that because I needed one so bad. And, you know, I just, my support system catches me before I fall and they're always there for me and they always um, check in on me when I'm struggling um, and I check in on them. Um, I get to, in October, go to Hawaii for the first time for a Hawaii uh, recovery convention that I'm going to and it's because of this program that I'm able to do that. I have a babysitter set up. I have the airfare already paid for. 
I have everything done and I'm able to go. And I have the job that that is helping me pay for this trip. And that I'm going to ask for time off when my probation period is done and I have vacation paid. Then I'm going to be like, oh, by the way, um, just so I'd let you know, I'm going to Hawaii for nine days. <laughs> I hope you can find somebody to fill in for me. Sorry. But yeah. Um, but I'll give them enough notice, you know, I'm not going to do like a week notice or something like that. You know, I'm not like that, but, um, I'm able to be a parent to my son. I'm able to be a mother that he needs. He has behavioral issues. He has some medical issues. And I know that, um, I was seeing a therapist and I decided to make the better choice. And I stopped seeing that therapist and told her to put my son on her list and start seeing him instead of me because he needs the help more than I do right now. And that's what she did. So um, waiting to find out when he can be seen by her. Um, and I got a new therapist. It's, you know, I did the footwork and look what happens. Miracles happen. You know, a miracle happened. I got this job that I've always wanted but I just never wanted to apply for it because I didn't want to get turned down. I was scared that I was like, oh, my God, they're going to turn me down for some reason. You know, um, it's just you have to do what you want to do. You know, and I do what I want to do as long as it's not using or drinking. I can do it. So, um I'm always there for other women. I'm always, you know, I, I had a really big heart and my sponsor has been trying to work with me on this, on saying no to people because I will be there for other people more before I'm there for myself. And, um, you know, I have to be there for myself and, you know, I lent money out before and I never gotten paid back. And so finally I learned how to say no, you know, and I finally just, you know, put my foot down and I'm like, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. You can be mad at me all you want, but you know, I have a family to support. I can't do it. You know? And then if I have a resentment against me, I call her and tell her and, um, and me and my sponsor talk about it, you know, um, pretty soon I'll be on my, making up my resentment list for this spiritual awakening um, step study. And, you know, my sponsor already knows she's on my resentment list, you know, and that's okay. That's quite all right. Because you know what? She's still my sponsor no matter what. And we have our differences, but you know what? Neither of us pick up and use a drink over it. We talk to each other and we tell each other about it and we talk about it. You know, and that's the wonders of this program, you know, and um, I think I'm done for now. Thank you for having me share tonight. And I hope you guys got something out of my share and just keep coming back.